I've always felt that the salaries that the clubs pay players are crazy and unrealistic. The word we have tried to use so many times. We have tried not to use so many times, but we have to use. Again, shame on you. This is Sports 360. Hello out there and welcome to Sports 360 Podcast for this week. Many thanks for joining us as always. And um, we want to thank you for all the questions you have sent in so far in a couple of weeks. We'll, we'll have a very special episode where myself and my co-host will be answering your questions. My name is Dave Jomoto Ibuyemi Edison is here. I'm Bariku Tui joins us via Skype. And today we start with a topic that is very, very important to the future we think of Nigerian football. The NFF elections are around the corner. I think the elections have been slated for September, if I'm not mistaken. And elections cycle always comes out every four years after the World Cup. But <laughs> there's no, <laughs> no, there no World Cup for Nigeria this year, so there's no largesse for... Uh, the executive committee members and all the people that normally travel to go and watch the World Cup. All right. Now, I think it was Yemi and Body, both of you last week on the podcast that mentioned something fundamental. And you said that even if there are personnel changes in Nigerian football, we, there, the, as long as there are no structural changes, nothing will change, so to speak. All right, the NFF president, the current president, has come out to say he is not going to seek a certain until he changes his mind or good, anything contrary comes out from his side or from his people. We stick to that. Amadjuminik says, I will not be contested for a third time. He has consulted with his family. He's done. And his two times will be done. So, it's safe to assume that it's going to be a new person that will be NFF president after the elections. But you look at the horizon and you have to ask yourself, I don't personally. I don't see any, anybody on the horizon that will make any meaningful change to some of the things we're complaining about. So let me start by saying this, buddy. The statutes. I will, I will go into details of the statutes in a bit, but the way the statutes are constituted right now, and going by those statutes that you were kind enough to send us, so we could go through it. Do you see any fundamental change in the way Nigerian football is run? Despite the fact that we have a new election coming up, an election coming up in a couple of months. I don't think so. Um, because uh, the way the system is designed right now, um, the only president can only come from can only emerge from the insiders. Yeah. From among the people that are there right now or that will, that will win an election in their states. If they are being won before the main one that will, that, uh, before the general one that will, that will, that will give us uh, the executives. And also remember that a lot of this uh, of the people representing the Azores of their states, FA chairman and and, uh, and state uh, state representatives, they are they have been there for a while. They know their way around the politics of their states and their zones. So the odds are that these are the same people that will that will emerge, and it's from among them. That is one part of it. The other part is that we already know those whose hearts will be in the ring. We already know, apart from our opinion, because he said that he said he did not categorically see. He said at the moment, 
in quotes, in quotes, can continue. Mm-hmm. Now, the other part of that may not be may not be a popular opinion, but I think relevant is and you remember the days when the federal government of Nigeria used to suggest a name <laughs> yeah. of someone that should lead the NFL. And you and I know the position, you know, the government will suggest the name of I think three people. I would know that the, 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 the name of the preferred candidates would be either the second or the third one. I can't remember the other one, but you also know, once you see the list, you know that who is this person. Now, the good part in, the good part of that is that that person is usually from outside the system. And whether we, you know, with hindsight now, it wasn't perfect. But the person that usually comes from that side doesn't usually have the thinking of those who are and so they are, we see changes or we see some a, a bit of movement. But since the NFF in 2010 sat, the executive members, since they sat and decided that a member must come from within their own ranks, everything had changed. So for me, unless we go back to, 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 to a format where the person becomes an NFF president can be a CEO of a company, can be a journalist with experience. I'm not saying just any journalist too, before people come after me. <laughs> or can be a former footballer who has done other things mm. and understands what things should be done. On on the way it is now, DG, I don't think any meaningful pro, any meaningful any meaningful pro, project have made. We have seen members of the NF, NFF executive committee who don't understand the tasks that they are given. Mm. Some head some headed or head the technical committee. They can't answer tech, tech, uh, they, they, they couldn't answer technical questions. Some are very the market marketing committee. They don't have the prerequisite knowledge to market even their own uh, uh, their own candidacy. So for me, until we have design a system where externals, external people, because unless you start running like a, like a, like like a multinational company, we can't see any meaningful policy change, and therein lies the problem. Okay, no. All right. <clears throat> Buddy, I hear you. Uh, we'll get to the meat of it now. Particular articles in the NFF statutes that Buddy alluded to, drawn up in 2010. And I think it was Sonny Lulu that was chairman of the NFF that, back then, if I'm not mistaken. And um, uh, former Super Eagles captain, well, Green Eagles then, Shegwan Egbami, we call him affectionately Big Sheg, wrote an article last week. And in that article, Buddy, I don't know whether you read the article, the meat of what he said was the fact that there are eight sets of stakeholders in Nigerian football that constitute the delegates. And that one of the set of stakeholders are the state association chairman. And then we have the others who are Nigerian Referees Association, Nigerian Premier League, the Players Association, the Nigerian Football Coaches Association, the Nigerian National League, Nigerian Amateur League, and the Nigerian Women League. 
and also, of course, the state association chairman. For each of these groups, only two people, according to Article 22, delegates and votes. The General Assembly is composed of 44 members of, of two delegates each. The 88 delegates are as follows. Two from uh, referees Association, two from Premier League, two from Players Association, two from all the previous ones I mentioned, Coaches, National League, Amateur League, and Nigerian Women League. But for the State Association Chairman, State Football Association Chairman, 37 of them, including the Federal Capital Territory, you, you have 44. You, you, sorry, you have yeah, two from each state. That's 37 times two. You know? And when they want to vote, delegates must belong to each of the 44 members that have one vote in the General Assembly uh, must vote with one person. So, the State Association Chairman have 37 votes and the rest have seven votes. So, you know Chief Adamiami's argument is that the State Association Chairman is just one of eight groups of stakeholders and that this was deliberately done to skew the election in favor of whoever the State Association Chairman decide on. Now, even if there are such a lot, they may have maybe not two, maybe three or four, but as it is, they are the power block and as long as it remains like this, nothing is going to change. And we've always seen Every four years, the romanticization, the packaging, the um, the warm embrace exchange between incumbents and the state FEs in ensuring that um, when election comes around, they are well taken care of. Uh, their seats on the plane to the World Cup is reserved. Guaranteed. Even though the state FAs do absolutely nothing for the whole four years prior to the election. And any state FA chairman can come out and tell me what they do. Because if, if at all any of them are working, our football won't be in the states that it is. All they are there to do is just wait till election time. That is when their relevance you know, uh, skyrockets. But in the real sense of election, really, 37 to, uh, I think, 5. 37 to 7, rather, is a complete mismatch. The scale is completely imbalanced. It's not balanced at all. Because my thinking is that, if we are being sincere, the... The architecture of football should be the one, the architecture of our football should be the one that controls most of the voting. And I'm talking those involved in the domestic scene of our football. Now, you say the state FAs are involved, but remind me how many of them played their state FA Cups last year or the year before. The excuse you first said there was pandemic. The year after, uh, nothing much happened. But the leagues have continued. How does the league have only two votes? Now I'm talking the MPFL now. Yeah. Where is the you know the main competition that we have? How is it that the second tier only also has only two votes? And then the women league, which you know, has been around for a while, and also like it or not, female football has been at the forefront of whatever success we've achieved as a country, how do they have only two votes? Now, 
The players' association. Which players' association? Yes, that's another question. That's another point. Which players' association are we talking about? Is it the one incorporated by Amadou or the one supported by Amadou or the one supported by whichever person mm. is vying for office? That's that aside. Which coaches' association? Is it the same old people who have not advanced themselves or advanced the course of coaching as a whole? So the whole voting system is skewed to whoever is able to beat the drum the loudest. And I think going forward, more power should be given to the club sites mm. or to the club uh, owners. Yeah, owners. And then, and that, that's the critical... Oh, no, hold on, hold on. I knew you were going to talk. I knew you were going to talk. I knew you were going to talk. Let me be clear. No, wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Wait. Club owners, let's be clear. There are no club owners. The only club owners we should recognize are the privately owned clubs. Those that are privately funded. The club owners are those... The ones that are called club owners are the ones put by the government to go and enjoy the seats. That's the government people. Now I'm talking about the league body as a whole. Now the league body should have more representation. I'm talking MPFL, NNL, and European. Dilute the state FA's voting block. It is a huge disadvantage to everybody because once you capture all the 37 states plus Abuja, you have won. What else? Mm. Okay. Um, but I remember, at, maybe you remind me, this didn't come, it didn't come to light, but I remember that in 2014 or thereabouts, there was an attempt made to steal the uh, statutes further by saying only members of the executive committee can contest to be the president <laughs> of the FA. But I think eventually that was shut down. But there was an attempt made to say that. So it's going to go to be a select group of, I don't know how many of them are in that mm. executive committee. And if you, if you are not in that executive committee of 14 or 15, you cannot contest, but that was shut down. But even as it is, it appears to me as if people sit down and just, like they say Yoruba, just grab the hole and, you know, and... How do what's the English word for it now? <laughs> and you you pack the sand towards you yourself. yourself. <laughs> like they say Yoruba. <laughs> but it looks like this guy just sat down and came up with these statutes that indicate that they and only they. And my worry is that I don't see it. I don't see any way we can change it. You know, let, let, let me say this. In Nigeria, we complain about the Senate is over bloated, they made a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. But they will not sit down and change those rules Never. because he favors them. Never. They won't change. They won't say senators to stop any what they end because he favors them. So, these guys, even if you say want to change the statute, you need the General Assembly. And the General Assembly, they already overpower and outnumber everybody. How do we get this to change? Because if these things, like you rightly said last week, if you don't get the structure right, I just going to be running around around in circles. <laughs> Uh, put a flashlight on, on the problem. The NFF as it is, is a microcosm of Nigerian politics. Yes. How many times have we talked about the inaugurated salaries of senators and mm. of, of those representing us? And they won't do anything. How many times have you compared it with, exactly, how many times have you compared it with that of their peers around the world? 
And how many times have they turned the blind ear to and the blind eye to all these complaints as if we people keep talking? They're not interested. <laughs> the cost of governance in Nigeria is all a right. part of this but hey, that's that's not why we are here today. And for me, the NFF, like rightly said, they keep looking for ways to perpetuate themselves in office. There was a time that it wasn't it wasn't um, it wasn't overt, but it is implied that you cannot do a second term. Mm. But a, a, a lot of people are, yeah, because I mean, the governments are always, every time the government changes, you know, the new government, even if the government doesn't change, when they send their list of possible NFF chairmen, you can be sure that the, the last person will not be there again. <laughs> but we all felt that was what that wasn't good enough because if a man is doing a good job, let us, let us ensure continuity. That was why a lot of people argued against that. But if you see, and that's why I laugh at you when, when, when you said that Amadou has said that you don't contest. There's one place in that thing we are reading that it says he may be elected. Yes. Or he may stand for election. There's no limit. Mm-hmm. He can be there for yeah. as long as yes. he wants to police the system to keep him there. Mm. And since this document is the only one that FIFA, FIFA recognizes, there is no way we are going to change it unless you are that football completely. And if you do that, we have to start from, like somebody argued, we have to start from the states. Some have been on their seats in that in that um, uh, in that state um, uh, thingy as 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 chairman for fourteen years, hmm. and like Amy said, fourteen years of doing nothing. The more you, the more time you spend on the job, the more you, have, you should be able to grasp the complexities and, and be more effective. These guys, instead of getting becoming more effective, they are becoming more and more worse at their job every year. And yet, they still manage to get get back on the podium and uh, and repeat on nothing. Now, like 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 also said, until you involve the clubs, but as long as the clubs are not fully privately owned, look, those people that you mentioned, the real private owners like uh, like Clubber Stars, these are the ones who spend their money. These are the ones who day to who, who, who day by day. They go around the world, they see how football is run. But unfortunately, these guys will not be allowed to get anywhere near, near those positions. And that's so it's it's got to be a whole systemic change. And it's got to start from the clubs. The way they are constituted is got to start from the uh, from uh, from the state's FFA. But if you don't get it right from the grassroots, you can't get it right at the national. And generalize it, and again, that remote free phrase generalize the problem. Huge problem because where from where I'm sitting or standing or lying down, whichever way, <laughs> I do not see how people who are feeding fat on the system will let go of that system. So I don't see how it's going to happen. So it's either you have a situation where the government takes the bull by the nose and says, "Okay, FIFA, you know what? You can ban us for all you like." We're going to revamp everything about Nigerian football. We're going to tear this thing up and all of that. Because the way it is, you know, it just underlines what I like to say about administration of Nigerian sports. There's absolutely no sincerity. There's no love 
of the sport or the athletes, in this case, the footballers. It's all about us, us, us. These guys absolutely don't care about development. Don't care. The only pain they are feeling now is because there's no World Cup, there's no Ligers. We'll get to one of those um, followers of that World Cup in a minute. So, how do we get out of this quagmire? Because, you know, we've had different... Because just, just, uh, just to talk about... We were talking about legacy. We've had, in fairness to Amaju, Amaju's been there. Sonny Lulu was there before him. I mean, sorry, Megali was there before him. There's Sonny Lulu. Um, can't remember who was there before Sonny Lulu. So, yeah, about... In the last... Since I just started going to walk up, there's about four or five different NFF chairmen. Not a single one of them has started fit to say, let's have a legacy project from all the monies we get from the World Cup. The money either goes into so-called, quote-unquote, paying players' salaries and bonuses, and players' allowance and bonuses, paying salaries, paying coaches, blah, blah, blah. There's money from there. There's money from government. There's money from sponsors. We do not simply know at the end of the day, people are still old. So when people say people are just there lining their pockets, it stands to argument. So, you know what I mean? Me... People can accuse me. Me, I've raised my hands up. I've surrendered. Honestly, we, we, maybe from time to time we'll get maybe some li- little uh, modicum of success from maybe the ability of our teams and all of that. And one particular coach just does a good job. But continuous, systemic, because some of the things, Buddy and I have been on this job for 30 years plus. <laughs> the things, Buddy, the things we're complaining about in the 90s are the same things we're complaining about now. So the improvement is getting worse. Exactly. <laughs> it's completely worse. Mild. Now, it's, it's an outcry for help. You know, yeah. so, and he, 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 like you said, it's getting worse and I don't see how we can, maybe Yemi is a second generation from us. <laughs> maybe Yemi has some ideas of how we're going to get out of this. I don't know how I'm going to get out of it because there's nothing you know, on the horizon. The horizon is not clear. To excite you, yes. Nothing to excite you. You know, it, it, in that, in that ideal terms, you should have somebody who is, who is coming up that you can see that, can oh, point at. this person probably has something. Well, we can't see anything. The rumors have said, Sheldiko is interested. We've seen how he's handled the league. Yeah, yeah. The handle has got, the league has got a worse, worse, worse under his, under watch. his watch. Nothing has changed. He continues to pay lip service to discipline, to disciplinary processes, to managing the league as a whole. Is that the person that will manage our football as a whole? Amadou has failed woefully. So who's next? Shihaki means Lagos FA. Well, <laughs> that just tells you where we are. If at all, we are just going to restrict it to these three people that already occupy positions within the executive, council, uh, executive committee and the entire NFA. So let's leave it at that. But it made a point. It's a microcosm of the larger society. Oh, yes, as we are talking, I'm talking about General elections. Look <laughs> at the horizon. <laughs> Who do you see? Same old, same, same old. old. As in politics, so in Nigerian but, football. That's true. <laughs> so we move on. Still talking about Nigerian football and still something to do with NFF. Um, you know, it was when the Super Eagles failed to qualify that I think some of us realized that <laughs> our eighth grade teams, a lot of them didn't even have coaches. Illegitimate <laughs> children. God help them. So, yeah, I mean, I'll give I'll give you the but then we'll talk about I'll give you the the breakdown because I have a headache. I can't break these names down. <laughs> um coaches for the under 
23, no, the Chan team, the under 23 team, Olympic team, the under 20, the under 17, and future Eagles under 15 were announced last week. So of all these names I've gone through, and I'm like, what has changed? This is just a recycling of coaches. You talk about the carousel, you put, you create, uh, if, if you put a luggage on a carousel at the airport, unless somebody takes it off, it keeps going and coming back and going and coming back. And that's what we're seeing. Ladam Boso, Fatah Amao, is John Obu there? John Obu is not in the list. <laughs> Ladam Boso, Fatah Amao, Salisu Yusuf, Eladunio Yekale, um, Unduka Obadi to mention a few, um, even the goalkeeper's coach, my good friend, Ike Shorumu, he has been a no, goalkeeper's coach yeah, before, and then he's come back, he's not a goalkeeper's coach. So, buddy, Unduka Obadi has been assistant before, he's now, maybe a lot of people, I'm also excited about Unduka Obadi, Adding on the 17 team because I've seen him work with young people, young footballers, and I think he's very good at it. But having said that, though, buddy, doesn't it underline the fact that it's like we're just picking available names? Some play, some, Ladamboso is always Ladamboso. Chan under 23 is always Salisu Yusuf. Where is the new thinking? And like an old advert, you say, where's the new thinking? Where's the new product? It's same old, same old. Yes, did you, but you know what? My my, my major look, and I, and I think it, it's, it's a spillover from everything we've been saying. When there's no continuity, or when when appointments are made to pay off or compensate certain people, you don't see growth. I know you remember Jose Pekaman. Yeah. Pekaman was, was a coach with Argentina and for those who don't know, he used team for a long time because his teams mm. were successful. Yeah. When a coach is doing something well at that, living there, and you know, when, when Pekaman moved up to, to the national team, we also, we, all of us, we, we also saw the results. Samson Sassia was successful with a certain age group, uh, uh, age group team. In, that, in 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 any in any any other place, you leave him there to keep doing his job. Why you find someone that will replace him in the long term? The same way, the same way with the other seventeen. We had a coach that had. I'm not talking about age. That's a different conversation. But as far as the team goes, there's a certain coach that was also successful with the under seventeen team, and somebody else stepped into the shoes, who was his assistant and produced the results. Why make changes when there is no need? Most of the people that are, that are listening and, and repeating, they didn't have any success that is close to the guys, to those guys that I mentioned. Why change them? And if you are going to change them, why not look for somebody else who has, who has, a, who has a track record? It's working, uh, uh, working with unknown or young players. They are there. It's just that because their names are not either not well known or they are not uh, um, uh, um, uh, they are not the favorites of those who run the NFF. Their names don't come up, and when their name comes up, they are they are subsumed under under people that are favorites of of, of 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 the system. Why put a coach who has a track record on, on a coach who has been there before who has not done so well? But that's what you do, and sometimes. 
we make it a regional matter. Oh, because an Igbo man is coach of an system. An Asa man must coach on a seventeen. And then I and the Benue man must be with must be, be with this with the uh, with the under twenty girls team. It doesn't work like that. But then again, it's all part of Nigerian politics. If the best coaches are from Enugu State, apart don't go the coaches from Enugu State. As long as a program in place, and the other thing is that when appointing these coaches, you can't, you can't, you can't. We uh, um, should make appointments without outlining what the what, what the target is. Yeah. The only thing we want to do is just we want to win. Of course, we have to. We have also we have also talked about this. The goal can't be to win. It can't be. There's got to be a process. But again. When even the NFF, within the NFF, there's no program set up for constant development and machinery. We talked about this when we spoke about, about women's football. The South Americans, the South Africans have the system. And so they've left their coach in place. Now the system is reaping rewards. Is the coach good? Maybe, maybe not. But there's a system. We don't have a system. We expect the coach to, do, to perform magic. It's the same thing. When there is a system in place, the coach will be magical. It's as simple as that. If the coach is so magical, we see the end results. And for all the successes that our youth teams have recorded, have we, have we seen the end results? In fact, I'm thinking of doing an article. Uh, on uh, our youth teams in, in the women's section, they keep qualifying for, their, for the World Cup every year. You know, the factors are getting worse. <laughs> has, has, has been anybody noticed? There's a disconnect there. There's a disconnect. There's something wrong. But we are not address, addressing this. We are fighting about two to a point. Again, there is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Today's show is problematic. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yemi, you, you wonder why um, you have a situation where, like Buddy said, um, a particular coach is doing well at a particular level. Why is the need for change? And you know, I've always said this about, and when it comes to some coaches are extremely good at handling youth teams, at developmental aspects. Also, is a specialist job, developing talents. You know, and it's not every coach that can do that. But how do we have a situation where, not getting personal now, I'm not aware of any major success that Ambuso has recorded <laughs> with. He keeps getting the job. And, um, you know, somebody's handled, Fatah Mo's handled under 17. Now I think he's under 20. Don't you get the impression that these are the coaches that are available that are ready to do this job? There's no deep thinking to say, okay, where are we? What do we want to like? But they said, what's the thought process? What's the plan? What do we want to achieve with our eighth grade teams? But they mentioned something fundamental as always, as, as well. Uh, the Falcons, the, the female, the women's teams, the, they be qualifying, so qualifying. The, we, don't, we don't seem to have the impact at the Falcons. We have gone the way of the uh, Falcons. We have gone the way of looking for Sorry, all kinds yeah. of players mm. because the talent pool is not coming through. So, it just underlines before somebody, a friend of mine keeps accusing me of harassing this NFL. But the bottom line is that it just underlines this, it just underlines the planlessness at all levels of Nigerian football and the total 
disregard of everything I jump on. Now we are scrambling to put these things in place for these teams. When they've been completely ignored over the last couple of years, all this has been done now because the Super Eagles have failed to qualify for the World Cup. Oh, definitely. If they had qualified, hmm, we won't have this conversation. We won't have this conversation. Day. There's no clear football bl- blueprint. And that's why I continue to always ask, what is the role of the technical committee? You only hear about the technical committee when team lists have been mentioned mm. and when coaches have been appointed. And I think that's not enough in terms of what is the output of the technical committee. The technical committee is supposed to develop the entire football framework of this country, developmental framework, from grassroots to the age groups, age grade, uh, teams, all the way up to Super Eagles and to the Falcons. Now, if we go to if you go to um, the names yeah. that have made... I was going to ask you to break some of those names down for us. Let me start from Salisi Yusuf. Mm-hmm. Now, I worked in banking and I do know that in banking, if you are accused or you are found complicit in a fraud, there's absolutely no way you will go back to your job. Or there's absolutely no way you will find a job within that industry. Likewise, if a lawyer or a doctor is found guilty of malpractice, mm. they will never be able to practice or treat a patient. Why is the football industry different? That someone who's accused and found guilty of bribery has found his way back into the team again. Is he the only coach we have? Yes, he's the most successful we've had at child level. But are we saying that we don't have any other coaches that can step up? Now, I have a problem with the composition of the entire coaching team for Chan. Yes, Boboye doesn't have a job at the moment after he left Aqua United. But why do we have so many MPFL coaches on that roster? Fatal Shaw is assistant at Rivers United. Fidel uh, Zilichuku is coach of Play 2 United. Abaka Bala Mohamed is at Niger Tornadoes. All these guys will leave their respective jobs for one week, you know, that you are supposed to put together the channel. There's even another angle. Won't they directly or indirectly favor Favor their their own players? players. Yes. In the selection of the team or players for the team. Where does neutrality come to? Where does equity come into into this? I have no problem with that. You can't tell me that no other younger fresh coaches are available to slot into these positions. They will go to Ladamboso, like you mentioned. Ladamboso has failed woefully. All the time he's been responsible for the under-20s. Even at the coaching jobs he's had as a club coach, he hasn't won anything. He hasn't done anything exceptional. So on what basis is he getting the quota system? Mm. Why? What credentials did he put forward? Funds we are There's a particular thing that stuck out for me. And that's, um, a, bo- a Bobo Rishi, Owajo Omori. Sorry mm-hmm. if I butchered your name. This young man has, I think, he has a Yuva B license. He applied for the Rasulting job, I think, 2019. 2019. Yes, I remember that. He did get the job. Now they found a way to slot his name in as a match analyst. I believe that young guys like this are the ones that should be given an opportunity, maybe at around 13 yeah. level. On a 15 level, even if you are too scared to give him a chance at under 17, someone like that should be given that kind of opportunity. Then you grow 
it can grow through the ranks or if we find that that is his competence, we keep him there, he can develop the structure that will work over the next few years at that level. We'll look at what like you mentioned. Me, yes, yes, sir. Let me see. Now, again, what you are suggesting, right? You are making a suggestion for people that have a long-term plan. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned this name. I knew you are going to go to develop a structure. Of course, that's, what, that's what, because I look at the young man's CV. Look at the places where he has worked. He is going to come in and, 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 and try to build a system. But here we are. We are not interested in, in, in building systems. We are, we are only interested in getting results now. And so from the one, the young man will be at odds with everybody because we say, ah, look at him speaking grammar. That's the thing you hear. Because these are people, look, we are, we are talking about, about uh, FA chairman and, and members of the executive committee. Most of these people, they do not, and I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not apologizing to anybody. They don't understand structures. They don't, they don't understand systems. They understand trips and ways. <laughs> so when you are trying to build something and show them what you are building, it's too empty. <laughs> that, that is why that's why someone like that young man will not fit into the system. Look, are, I keep saying it. There are loads of well, maybe not plenty, but there are some Nigerian young women who could coach the Falcons because they are working in other places. You hear me? Who would say do do something in Malta? In, in Malta, or where, or where was that place that you Headhunting. Headhunting. Yeah, Nigeria is doing things abroad. There is a lady judge who has done some things in Europe. He started with Aimba, right? He's from. These are people that you can headhunt. Just like this, you don't you don't find it out. You headhunt people, but that is when you have a structure that is working. Or you want to build the structure mm-hmm. that will out, that, that will out, out, out leave your people are not building legacy projects, legacy legacy projects because they're not they're just not interested. They can't see beyond where, where they are they now. They can't see beyond the here and the now. Yes. Mm. Okay. Um, as we round this up now, before we go to what I think will probably be a more pleasant topic <laughs> for today, <laughs> a topic that at least brings out some positive vibes. Because honestly. It looks as if I'm getting depressed while I'm sitting down here. <laughs> because, so you know, one thing I've learned in life, success is a byproduct of long-term planning and hard work. Success is not an accident. It doesn't happen by accident. It is a byproduct of long-term planning and hard work. And even if you plan long-term and you work hard, there are still no guarantees. No, oh, not at all. You can have occasional success, accidental successes, but something sustained, developmental level, and something that, you know, there are times that you don't even win, but you are still successful. Oh, yes. For instance, I mean, Croatia didn't win the World Cup last time, 2018, but that was a successful outing for them. Because if you consider where they're coming from, where they got to, you know, so success is not about winning. You may not win a tournament, but it could still be a successful tournament for you because of the things you achieved and the variables that you're able to put in place to get something done. So, my worry is that our football is run and populated by people who do not see beyond their noses. It's all about 
the here and the now, the immediate, how many competitions can we go for? How many trips can we go for? We go, we come back. We said this on this podcast countless times. Countless times. And honestly, I don't like to bother myself. There are no shortcuts in life. I've learned that a long time ago. In my almost 60 years of existence, I've seen people who you thought were going well, you, they took shortcuts, they went back to the back of the line. At some point, they went back to the back of the line because their success was, they had no substance, no depth. And that's what is happening to Nigerian football. We're having little bits of success here and there. There's no depth. There's no depth. There's no substance to the, there's no method to the madness. <laughs> and we're here and you and I know the potential for this country. We have not scratched the surface. We haven't. So it looks to me like, unfortunately, sadly, we're going to continue to be here because the structures are not just there and the people in both those positions are not ready to build any structures. Let me round it up. Yeah, you know, so one thing that I will say is that we've always been doing this thing over and over and over again. It's almost as if, yes, we've been gambling. Mm. So why not gamble properly? If you don't want to build a structure, gamble properly. Gamble on the future of Nigerian football with some of these unknown guys that are coming up. There's a young man at uh, Remus Stars, Trevor. We call mm. him Trevor Speaks. He's handled Remus under 19s for years. What's wrong with giving that kind of person an opportunity at under 20 level? Well, yeah, I mean, Take the let, gamble. We can also gamble on those young guys. Let's leave it at that, that. If we continue, <laughs> you know, they are not worried. Like what they said, they are not worried about legacy. They are only worried about the here and the now. And the pain is that the Spikers are not going to the World Cup. <laughs> there is a lot of pain in the land <laughs> because the largest expected from there is not going to happen. And if we have that kind of biopic thinking, honestly, I don't see how we can get out of it. I honestly don't see how we can get out of it. And since coups are not allowed in sports <laughs> administration, you guys know when the girls plan a coup and get to and change everything and all of that, like they say in a military benevolent dictator who will come and wipe everything out and start all over again. It's not going to happen. So I honestly don't see how we can get out of this quagmire, unfortunately. All right. On the question of legacy, let's go to a very, very popular basketballer who, well, has built, whether you like him or not, whether you like it or not, has built a legacy for himself, has done very well over the years. And um, unfortunately for him, this is the first time in, well, this is the first time in his career that he will not be at the playoffs, of course. We're talking about LeBron James. Um, who has had more playoff games and more postseason points than any player in NBA history. Um, he has only missed the playoffs four times since he started his career in 2003. The first two in rookie season and the next season, the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, when you get drafted as number one, you are drafted to the worst team in the league. So that's understandable. And then when he joined the... LA Lakers first season 2018-2019 injury rabbit season for him. They didn't make the playoffs and then this season. So in the last 19 seasons that he's played in the league, he's only missed the playoffs four times. He has um, 266 career playoff games. Um, he's number one on that list. Um, 
Derek Fisher is number two. And of the current active players, Andre Godala is number three. Andre Godala has played 170 playoff games. LeBron has 7,631 postseason points. I don't think anybody will break that because the next man to him is Michael Jordan, who has 1,644 points less in postseason. So that sets it up for what I'll say, LeBron's legacy. But it, there's always this big question. Yemi always uses um, a phrase. Remind me of that phrase. Currency, something to do with um, recency buyers. That it is those, those players that you watched maybe growing up or you know at close quarters, you will always see them as the greatest. Like, we will feel that our generation might feel Maradona is the best thing. Maradona is greater than Messi or Pelé is greater than Maradona and all of that when it comes to... So when it comes to this LeBron body, I know the question has been back and forth a lot of times. And usually, when it comes to... I don't like getting into this GOAT conversation, but because for the sake of a discussion, greatest of all time, there's been... Are you agreed? Or do you agree that if you're going to talk about basketball GOAT, it's between LeBron and MJ, and you can't consider people like Bill Russell... Or even uh, Liu Alcindor or Karim Abdul-Jabbar. Because people seem to have narrowed it down to these two. While I think, hey, there are more names that, more names. What Bill Russell did with the Celtics in the 60s was immense. What Karim Abdul-Jabbar, Karim Abdul-Jabbar made us all love basketball growing up. So, what's your take on that question first? Is it only these two names in that equation? MJ and LBJ. You got to be two names, you can't. Um, yeah, yeah, like like you said, it's a generational thing. Yes. Um, the, the, the Greeks were without the championship until Jordan arrived, mm. and, the, and since he left, they've not they've not they've not won an, another one. Cleveland didn't have the championship until LeBron James went back home and and delivered one. And, and hey, the man has won championship with three different teams. Yeah, that is huge. But somebody won nine rings. Nine, yes. nine, the G, mm. with, uh, with with the Celtics. I know that for the young people, what, what the jealous is that ah, was it football? Was it basketball? They are playing that time. Uh, you are not allowed uh, to see it. Uh, you are not allowed to see it. And trust me, the, what these guys did back then, some of the other guys was nine or eleven because basketball was bruising. It was, so it, was nine. The, 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 it was horrible. Oh, okay. I saw if, if, as as young you put as, as I am. In the early, in the, in the late 90s and 2000s, I saw some, some, some bruising basketball games. Mm. I saw men at work. <laughs> and so, when you're having the good conversation, the, the greatest of all time conversation, then soon you can, you can exclude these guys who built up the game. Yeah. Even you look at uh, some players, some Ma- Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, what they did for that, what that rivalry did for basketball. It was immense, you know? LA Lakers, Boston Celtics, and anyway, yeah, I mean, narrowing it down to LeBron, you know, I think at times he's always a victim of his own greatness. Yeah. So to speak, those expectations are high. But he mentioned something. Um, Michael Jordan went to the Bulls. They hadn't won a title. They won three. Then he went, thank God he went for those two years because that's when Hakim, <laughs> Hakim quickly grabbed two. Hakim Olajuwon that he's grabbed two for these Rockets and then he came back and won three. Great. LeBron, though, you know, because when you are talking about, I think the problem is when we want to weigh one against the other. But if we look at each achievement on its own individual merits, we will respect each achievement instead of trying to play down one for the other. LeBron started at Cleveland Cavaliers 
Of course, they didn't win anything. Then he made that move and went to Miami. And I think they won two back to back. And he made what was a crazy move that time. I went back to Cleveland. Cleveland, nobody gave them a chance. For me, I feel that going back to Cleveland, because at Miami, it was a stacked team. I mean, he had two other great players with him. But when he went to Cleveland, I'm feeling that going back to Cleveland and Cleveland winning a title against the Golden State. You remember that final? They were 3-1 down against the Golden State Warriors. I felt that was probably his greatest achievement. And then, given that, going against to LA, LA was exactly, was in all kinds of trouble when he got there. First thing, then he won it. Bubble or not. (laughs) So for me, he's won the title in three different franchises. It shows the ability to play with different kinds of players, different skill sets and all that. And I think that's what defines his, um, him. Because most of the other greats actually stayed in one team. Uh, Bill Russell was Celtics all through. Uh, uh, Karim Abdul-Jabbar was, um, I think, Lakers, Box, Box and Lakers. But, you know, Larry Bird was Celtics all through. So most of them were like, of course, uh, Michael Jordan. Of course, Hakim Olajuwon, throw him in the equation. But he, winning with three different franchises for me, I think, is his greatest legacy. Um, it's his greatest le- legacy. Because those are three teams that had to more or less be built up. To oh, him. yes. It's his greatest legacy. And at the same time, it's his biggest acquisition. Okay. Why? The fact that he had to leave Cleveland and they started the era of building super teams. Super teams. At Miami. At Miami. Now, for those who are the Jordan School of Thought, we tell you, Jordan didn't even come in as, you know, he came in at Chicago and he stayed at Chicago till he was able to win the title at Chicago, right? And he retired, came back, won it. But for LeBron, you don't get a player built like him. He's built like a truck. And then he has multiple skill sets. Mm. He can play multiple positions. He can play probably all the five positions. He can play no, virtually all the five positions. So the major Achilles for him is those moves. Those moves he had to make and at the times he had to make them. Now, Jordan missed only two playoffs mm. in his entire career. LeBron missed four. And that four that he's missed. And the fact that this current Lakers team mm. is his doing. Like it or not, the current Lakers as a constant is his doing. I think that's also part of the disservice to his legacy. That look, you've wielded your influence to build a team in your own image, in your own likeness, as you wanted it. But that team has probably come out to be one of the worst Lakers teams mm. in years. Now, what I think would do his legacy a world of good is the way he's, he's handled the last few months of this season. Mm. And that's chasing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time scoring <coughs> record, which he will break by next year. Mm. Mm. I think that would do his legacy a huge world of good. That once he's able to do that, the controversy... But the arguments will reduce, even though Karim Abdul-Jabbar is not happy about the fact that someone's about to break his record. <laughs> it will reduce the controversy, but still, 
His legacy is hugely tainted by what he has done in terms of the moves he has made and the way he's handled the recomposition of a title-winning Lakers team. Title, but let me digress. The pandemic they, they, title no, 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 no. title-winning Lakers team who were who had not won anything in a long time before he Yes, came. yes. So we also have to balance it by looking at the other side. Because Lakers hadn't won anything for God knows over a decade, I think. So, but, but uh, let's fast forward to maybe two, three years down the line and an NBA without LeBron. Hmm. When he stops playing, how do you think the sport will view him? Where Because uh, nobody goes on forever. For the time, he's already... Uh, tapping him on the back, and he still um, maybe he'll go for on for another couple more seasons. He wants to play with his son, so maybe he'll, for that will drive him to go on. But two, three, four, five years down the line, LeBron is no longer playing. How do you think the NBA will remember him? I, I think we will we'll have to wait till that time. Um, there's there's still a lot of stories that that should be written and told before he retires, and anything and everything can change. Now, there are talks about uh, LeBron probably, uh, possibly retiring in Cleveland. If he goes out to Cleveland, who knows? And then they make another deep playoff. Even, even if you don't want it, it adds to the story, you know. And so, uh, until he gets to that point, until all the stories are written and told, and everything, look, one thing is clear. We already know LeBron will be one of the greatest. Mm. That's, that, is, that, that part of the story is set. But how it will be spawned? What are, what are the things that should be said after him? And it, it also depends on what he does with himself. If he retires, you know, he, he, he has a lot of, um, he's a businessman. If, if he does like Jordan and does steps back, you know, from the game and forces on his business, or if, if, if like Jordan, he tries to, he acquires an NBA team, you know, a, a lot of things will depend on how his story is told. But what we, will, what we all agree on is that New superstars, are de- new superstars are developing. We are seeing yeah. them every day, and they become huge. And there, and also, and, they are, and and also, his place as one of the greatest is set. Do you see him as a, do you be that hierarchy? Do you see him as a coach? Who be below him? Do you see him as a coach in future? I'm hoping that it goes back to Cleveland. So at least they fill up all that. Uh, have space at LA. At LA. So and Yemi, uh, do you see whether it goes wherever it goes, do you see another ring in his future? No, I don't think so. You don't think so? That's why we the Lakers are comfortable. All right. Mm-hmm. Whatever happens to LeBron James, like Buddy rightly said, his uh, future, well, his financial future is sealed. Secured. Uh, his uh, playing legacy is also sealed. He might not be the greatest, but it's definitely one of the greats. All right. On that note, we end the Sports Recency Podcast for this week. Check our social media handles for the link to send us questions. The questions are coming in. Keep the questions coming in. We want to thank you. This drops every Thursday, 12 noon Nigerian time. My subscribe, name is Dejo Subscribe, Mato subscribe, 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 subscribe. Thank you, Yemi. My name is Dejo Mato Imbo. Bodeo Gutue joins us via Skype, my co-host, and Yemi Adesanya right here. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye.